This episode of the podcast is presented by Knowing Hospitality, a full-service hotel management and consulting company that works directly with hotel owners and managers to help stabilize their properties and take on projects that are critical to their operation. Knowing Hospitality can be the extra set of hands that you need to make sure your hotel is best positioned for today's environment. Visit knowinghospitality.com to learn more. Now let's get to the podcast. When you can get ahead of things and be proactive and understand the friction points and understand the no's and come up with the answers in advance, you're always standing tall delivering yes answers. Welcome to the Proven Principles Podcast, the show that deconstructs the inner workings of the hospitality industry, breaking down the tools, tips, and tricks that the world's best-run hotels use every day. Here's your host, Adam Knight. My guest today is Christine Trippi. She's an award-winning hotelier with over 30 years in the industry, founder of The Wise Pineapple, a company that helps leaders and organizations have sweet operations, sweet cultures, and sweet results, and author of Yes is the Answer, a book about the simple steps of responding positively while developing strong relationships. Yes is the Answer can transform your hotel service culture and operation, but it's more than blindly agreeing to any request. It takes a strong training mindset, high levels of empowerment, and the ability to set and maintain boundaries to be successful. We're talking all about service culture on this episode, so let's get to it. This is episode 47 of the Proven Principles podcast, Christine Trippi on Yes is the Answer. Enjoy. Christine, it's so great to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. I am so excited to be here, Adam. <laughs> this is going to be a fun conversation. Um, before we dive uh, too deep into uh, your book and everything else that you got going on, uh, why don't you fill everybody in on your background? Who are you? What's your connection to the industry? Kind of, what are you up to today? Sure. Thank you. Well, I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, I am Christine Trippi, and I've been in hospitality for 34 years, and it's been a romance all 34 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I um, have worked for many, many different companies, pretty much all the different brand chains, and I've uh, supported select service, full service, and resort style hotels. And just recently in 2020, I decided to launch into my own business of the Wise Pineapple, mm -hmm. helping organizations and leaders um, be empowered, confident, and lead from the heart. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I, there's so many directions we can go with this. I, I mean, just in the last year, everything that's been going on, how difficult it's been, not just to be a leader of a team, but like to sort of lead your own life and figure out like kind of leading your own career and where you want to take things. So I, we've got a lot of great stuff uh, to dive into for sure. But what's in your background, how did you come up? What sort of, what aspect of hospitality did you work in when you were with the brands? Oh, love it. Thank you. Um, and I also didn't mention that my book, Yes is the Answer. <laughs> <laughs> I just published that in 2019. But I started as a van driver slash laundry girl at the Hampton Inn. Mm -hmm. And that and I was in high school at the time. And that was my my launch into hospitality. And I I, I shared this in a lot of my presentations and whatnot, but it was that first comment card. We didn't even have GSS back oh, then. Yeah. We had comment cards, but it was that first comment comment card that came back with my name on it saying how I made a difference to someone. That was it. I have goosebumps just telling you. <laughs> <laughs> it was hooked. And I just, I just knew that uh, I would make this my life. And it yeah. has been for there now 34. And literally it was just February. I celebrated my 34th year. Isn't that and crazy? Was, um, and it goes so fast. Yeah. I did 25 years this past September 
Uh, and we actually, we were, we planned it. We were going to go back to the hotel where it all started. We were going to stay there and try to make a thing of it, but you know, obviously COVID happened. So we'll, we'll celebrate my 25th year in the industry. Uh, probably at my, uh, who knows, hopefully this year, maybe my 27th year, uh, officially. Yeah, who, knows? Yeah, yeah. who knows how it'll play out. Well, so I have to know yours. What was your first hotel job? Uh, I was a pot washer at the Fairmont hotel in Jasper, Alberta, the Jasper park lodge. That is so awesome. And this is what I love about our industry the most. Everybody I asked them their their origin story, you know, what was their first position? It's always something very humbling. Few people just walk right into that C-suite. Okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's what I tell people and, and why it's such an honor to really onboard a new associates and new hospitality leaders, uh, because in this industry, do you need two things and you could take this industry as high as you want? And that is a great attitude and mm-hmm. awesome effort. If you show up every day with a great attitude and awesome effort, you can take this industry as high as you want to. There There's no doubt no- about it. It's one of the only industries that's still out there where you can, you know, quite literally start at an entry level position and get to be, you know, running your own business or CEO of your own and business, right? It's like a GM. <laughs> and, and, you know, you're, you're living proof of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so true. Um, yeah. And, you know, I found in my career uh, that the general managers who, and the senior leaders in a corporate office setting, the ones who started, in entry-level positions or near entry-level positions and sort of worked their way up and understood what it was like at many levels throughout the organization coming up tended to be, I'm way overgeneralizing here, but tended to be the ones that were a little more grounded and a little more employee-focused and a little bit more thoughtful in when needing to put different, uh, whether it's SOPs or, or putting in new procedures or policies uh, they came at it from a different perspective instead of the ones who came in to the industry in senior level roles because they brought a different skill set. And I think that that just, that, that's a, that's a benefit that, uh, again, this industry has, I think, over a lot of others. Yes. And do you know what I think is the number one quality of why that is? Hmm. Tell me. Yes. They've been in those shoes. That's right. they get it and they, they empathize with those people. So they want it to be right. They want to think through each process. They want to think, how is that going to impact my, my, my team? Exactly. That's exactly. Yeah. I, you know, you've cleaned 15 rooms a day, you know what that's like, or, you know, you've, you've worked overnight, night cleaning a kitchen or, you know, doing whatever uh, a lot of those entry-level jobs are, you can picture yourself in that job and you know what it takes to do it and do it well. Uh, right. Yeah, empathy. Empathy is huge. So, you know, again, we've got so many great things that I want to cover today. But let's talk about. I want to talk about your book. Yes, is the okay. answer. How did this? Yeah, there it is. Uh, how did this book <clears throat> come to be? And I don't. You know, I, obviously, I want people to go buy the book and you know to 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 hear what it has to say. But how did the book come to be? And what are some of the themes that you're trying to cover in it? Okay. Well. I thought there's so much I could say about this, but let let me just say this, that 
um, I came to this whole process, uh, my, my secret sauce to always say yes, through um, organic means. It was through my uh, a failure of my own uh, <laughs> in my early leadership of trying to launch a yes is the answer, what is the question um, culture, where I realized that it's not um, it's not enough. And as I cross the country supporting hotels, I see yes is the answer signs hung up all over <laughs> in, in different back offices. However, what I learned early on in my career is that it's not enough to hang up pineapple milkshakes and, and to say yes is the answer. We need to teach our associates how to say mm-hmm. yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what's missing. Everybody tells you the why you got to do it and the what you got to do, but few people will give you the how. And that's what this little snack of a book will tell you how you can say yes um, to, to just about every request. Mm-hmm. Now, so for me, when I, when I had that kind of failure, if you will, and I talk about that in the book, the story, I, you know, really got super hyper-focused on how do you say yes? And through my my learning and growing and developing, I came to the the realization it's really breaking it down. It's four simple steps. And that's what I talk about in the book. And when I, 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 I started training all of my hotel people. So every team that I was a part of, I would train my yes is the answer training. And then as I started to grow in my career, um, I would share it with even other leaders and whatnot, even though it was outside of my hotel. Mm -hmm. Then when I was the senior manager of operations for Merit International, I started doing this training across the country. And, you know, it was always super impactful for my hotels. But then as I started doing this across the country and getting the same responses over and over, just mind blown how easy it is and how it can change your whole guest experience, um, I was like, I've got to share this. I've got to somehow, you know, and I always kind of joked, yeah, I should write a book one day, you know. Uh, but then when I started to see, you know, really, glo- you know, not globally, but across the country, uh, I was like, I, I really mean it. I really need to do this. I want to I want to be able to impact people I know I'll never cross their path. So that's when I started getting busy and I just started writing, um, the, writing it out. And, and then 2019, I... It. <laughs> and uh, amazing. yeah, it really is amazing. If you, if you know me and my background and, and, um, and just the thought that that little 17 year old who is a van driver and, uh, is now running her own company and a published author, it's just bizarre. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm telling you right now, if the, this little girl from the mean streets of Hanover Park can do it, you can too. So if you're out there listening or watching and thinking, I have an idea or I'd like to do something like that. I'm telling you, you can. Yes is the answer. Yes is the answer. <laughs> you show up with the right attitude and the right effort. Anything is yours. You know, I think this is interesting <clears throat> because I it, it reminds me of as I was coming up through, uh, through, through Fairmont actually was, was the luxury brand that I spent most of my career with. Uh, and there were these service principles that we were taught and then we had to train and kind of live. It was a big thing, you know, several years ago. And one of the service principles was never saying no without offering an alternative. Mm-hmm. And it's another, it's another way of saying yes, but it's like, you know, yes, I can help you in this way. Not maybe not in the way that you're specifically asking for right now. And the, 
the thing that made that come to life in different hotels, because it would always come to life in different ways. Um, whether it was people's comfort in finding alternatives, whether it was their knowledge and training about the property or the area that they're in to be able to offer alternatives. Mm -hmm. But a lot of the time it came down to empowerment and something that is uh, talked about a lot, but very hard to put into practice. Uh, And for a number of reasons, whether it's a leader's comfort level and ability to articulate what our empowerment is, whether it's employees' comfort level and taking that empowerment and sort of not necessarily pushing the boundaries, but knowing that they have a safe space to operate in. There's a lot of, right? There's a lot of different things sort of playing in the in the ether when it comes to yeah. this. Um, so when you, th- when you think about support and empowerment, how does that play into what we're talking about today? You know, how how you get to the point of being able to say yes, whether it's in your career or in your personal life. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love this um, dialogue. Um, so through, oh, there's so much going through my head right now. So first of all, I love that you said that because one of the main reasons I wanted to write this is for those who are not empowered. Because I know I, I lead teams that are totally empowered and I set up the guidelines and I set up the process and I set up the culture and trust to make that happen. However, I know there are millions of associates out there that are, they do not have leaders like that. And, and there's lots of, um, um, leadership people out there that I follow that I get inspiration from that, you know, they, that when they talk, I say, you're talking to people like the, you're going to be their leader. However, they're under leaders that don't think like you. So, so the, sometimes what you're saying is brilliant, but it doesn't communicate. That's really why I wanted to put yes as the answer out there for those who are not empowered, how you mm-hmm. can empower yourself and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a, a quick example. So, and one of the people I'm talking about that inspires me is Jesse Cole from the Savannah Bananas. Have you, have you ever heard of him? I, you know, I have, and I, I might be thinking back to our initial conversation. Oh, that's right. This up. Yeah. Yeah. I love Jesse Cole. And if you want to learn ways to make your business better, look outside your industry. He runs a a minor, minor, minor league baseball team. And when you look outside your industry, you see what other people are doing and how you can apply it to your world. It's it's very uh, enlightening to do that. So Jesse Cole is such an inspiration to me. And he leads his ballpark with this ultimate empowerment and everything. However, you know, when I'm listening to what he's saying, I'm like, yeah, but Jesse, when you are running a brand and you have to have consistency and, you know, you can't just do whatever you want. So let me give you a great example. When I was general manager at the courtyard, Waukegan, I had just started there and I was just getting to know um, my team and the brand and all of that. And I had just previously come from Key Lime Cove Water Resort, which is kind of like a Jesse Cole Savannah Bananas. I did whatever I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I created the brand and, you know, it was all fun and all that good stuff. So I was getting back into that that um, corporate branding and all of that. So when I was at the bistro, which was our, our quick serve um, food outlet, uh, I heard my uh, uh, attendant, uh, my server saying, no, I'm sorry, unfortunately, about somebody asked for an omelet. Mm-hmm. 
And in my mind, I'm a yes is the answer girl. I'm like, what are you talking about? We've got tomato and avocado and onions and bacon, and we've got eggs. Make the man an omelet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I waited till the whole thing. And then I said afterwards, I said, you know, Katina, I want to talk to you about that. What, why couldn't we make an omelet? That's a perfect opportunity. We could say yes, even though it's not on the menu. She says, but Christine, the brand will get upset. We're told by the brand that we don't have omelets on the menu. So if we do it here, now we're going to set up the next guy for failure because they're going to go and say, they did it for me in Waukegan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and just a side note, nobody tell anybody, but I would still have made the omelet. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, okay, Katina, totally get it. And then this is a perfect example about how you've got to be in the brand and follow the rules, but how can we be empowered? How can we empower ourselves to do what we can do and say yes? So I said, Katina, tell me what's on the menu that's like an omelet? And she said, well, the morning scramble, you've got bacon, you've got scrambled eggs, you've got potato. I said, exactly. So how about when a guest says, oh, I'll have, do you have an omelet? You can say, that's one of my favorites too. We have a morning scramble that's very much like an omelet. And if you'd like, we can add bacon, tomato, onion, whatever you'd like. Mm-hmm. And then that's 50 cents each extra item. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now you're making some additional money. Yeah. So again, I didn't, she didn't. And every time people say, no, I'm sorry, unfortunately, for those of you who are just listening and not looking, you shrink in your confidence, mm-hmm. your voice gets weak, and you end the conversation because you you went into that no. No gets your brain into ending the conversation and ending the, the creativity. Mm-hmm. But when you stop and take a breath and make friends first, oh, what a great selection. Or yes, I love an omelet too. You know, just, or even just thank you for asking to give yourself that breath to go into what you can do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, such so, a good example. Yeah, so it's just a, that's a I, that was like one of the first ones going back into that corporate world <laughs> that I remember going, okay, we're gonna get, have to get some creativity going here. <laughs> <laughs> so we were able to stay in the brand, serve the guests, and make more money. I mean, who doesn't love that? Win, win, win. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so so many thoughts come to mind with this here because. You know, I could, I could take what we're talking about here with yes is the answer and and turn it internally, right? It's not necessarily uh, how you help your employees say yes, which is very important. But also, you know, I think one of the things that I've been talking a lot about, and I mean, we all know who work in hospitality have experienced this, where you, it's it's very easy to say yes to everything personally and overload yourself, uh, have things maybe, uh, you know, where you, you probably end up doing six or seven day weeks for, you know, a long time, or if somebody needs something, you're there for them, even though that might be taking you away from something else that you need to do yourself, maybe for your own job or for your own personal situation. Can we, I want to talk a little bit about if there are any, um, if this, if, if the yes is the answer means the removal of setting boundaries. It will help you set boundaries. Tell me more. Okay. (laughs) And I do actually, I don't go into too, too, too many um, examples outside of our industry in the book, except I do 
put in a few personal examples. So um, definitely you'll see some in-place examples of, the, of that in the book. I wanted to kind of talk about retail and, you know, different industries, but then I'm like, you know, maybe I'll just make a separate book, but it's mostly hotel. Volume two. Yeah. yeah, and personal. Yeah, exactly. Volume two. So um, let me give you an example I actually use in the book. And this is being apparent. And when I'm doing my training and my workshops, I I always say in the very, very beginning when I'm kind of teeing up what we're going to do today, that, that as we go through the conversation, I want you thinking about this for all areas of your life, school, family, friends, and your career, because these tips will help you in every facet of your life. Mm-hmm. And it, it's so, it's so true. And, and I always tell this too, that uh, I'm really good at work at this. But where I really need to practice more <laughs> is at home because it's so much more emotional. And this is a, a true example and it, it's in the book too. So my daughter, this was a years ago when she was just starting to drive. And she said, uh, I think she said, can I have the car on Saturday night or something, something along those lines. And I said, and I immediately went in right into the reactionary mode. And what happens is when you get faced with a, a hard no, you immediately go into fright or flight. So this Mm. is not just fluff, make friends first. This is science. But if you can take a breath and make friends first, everything from there goes so much better. Same thing at home. So what I did was I reacted emotionally and I went, why? Where are you going? What do you think you're doing? You know, and I did that whole mom thing. And of course that elevated her defensiveness. And she's just like, you don't trust me. You you know how that goes, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So now if I had stopped and taken a breath and said, thank you so much for asking first, Samantha, I need the car until six o'clock and then you can use it, but I'd like you to be home by 12. Can we, does that work for you? Can we do that? Mm -hmm. Now, when you treat someone with respect and openness, you're going to get that back. But when you go right into it, distrusting and what are you doing? Then you're going to get the opposite. You're going to get that same back. You, your energy is contagious. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. That is, that is like the quintessential personal, never say no without offering an alternative. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And did you see, I made friends first. I yeah. thanked her for asking me first. Then I let her know the boundaries. I yeah. needed to till six o'clock. And, but then, um, you can have the car afterwards, but then I would like for you to be back by noon or by, by Mm -hmm. midnight. Um, does that work for you? So again, if she felt in control, because Mm -hmm. again, I put those options out there and I put that, uh, I put that last statement. Does that work for you? That's my Mm -hmm. magical phrase and, um, and put her back in control. So because I was respectful, I was calm, (laughs) you know, all of that, (laughs) that, that then she responded in, in same. Yeah. So that's one. There's another example in the book about um, someone who's getting asked to volunteer too much at school. And and same thing, you can place your boundaries. Thank you so much for your trust in me to, to be a part of this um, uh, initiative, let's just say. And then, then you can go into, I've, I've volunteered X and X. However, I could be available for um, next month or I could be available for a donation mm-hmm. or I could, you know what I mean? What can you do? So again, offering those options or um, thinking about, um, uh, again, placing your boundaries. Yeah, yeah. Which is a very positive way, because especially when you started it with making friends first and saying, thank you so much for your trust, that de-escalates everybody, Mm -hmm. you and the person you're talking to. 
Mm-hmm. And then you go into a more relationship type conversation rather than a, well, you're not pulling your weight or that. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. It's, it, it's important, I think, that people know that in, in hospitality, we're so, we're wired to serve others. Uh, especially those that have been in it, you know, for decades at this point, uh, and you know, have a, I mean, your 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 brain kind of gets rewired at some point along the way, and you end up, you do end up taking on a lot and, and doing a lot for other people, uh, and sometimes it's taking a step back and setting those boundaries can be, it can be so, uh, can feel so against the grain of how you're trying to be of service to others and sort of how your, how your psychology works when, when, when relating to other people, I guess, for lack of like a better way of saying it, um, that it's a really hard thing for people to do when they start to pull back or start to, to say, to take a stance of what works better for them. But it's really important to, to exercise that muscle as it were, so that, you know, you can be happier, you can show up better for other people. And that, you know, when you are, you know, saying yes and doing the things for other people that you need to do, that you're, you're able to perform at a, at a higher level because you're more engaged in the task. Yes. And I love how you said exercise that muscle. Knowing the four steps is not enough. You have to practice this every day. Like I said, I'm really good at work because I practice it all day long. We work long hours. Mm-hmm. <laughs> However, I get home and uh, and then, you know, again, it's more emotional. I'm not practicing it enough because I'm not intentional about that practice. So that's where I needed to really uh, engage myself. But for, for those of you trying to create this culture at work, my number one tip is to every huddle, pull out your yes scenario cards and practice with scenarios, practice coming up with that, identifying what your hard no's are and then strategizing, okay, what are our guesses? Just like that omelet. You might not be able to pull that out of your hat in the moment, but now that we realize, hey, that's a hard no, let's identify that and then practice it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's so great. So the other side of the coin, to to me anyway with this, is uh, you want to reinforce that good behavior, those making those good decisions, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, you know, doing it for yourself is one thing, but you know, when you're leading a team and you're trying to get to an end destination, you want to reinforce the behaviors that you, that work for you. And so recognition and saying, thank you has got to be a part of the game plan here. Mm-hmm. How do you, how do you work in recognition? And is that a part of kind of what we're talking about today? when you're team building, when you're trying to think of alternatives, um, and it, when you have sort of a, an end destination in mind with your training, uh, are there any practices that have worked for you or things that you talk about with clients today with respect to recognition? 100%. Every time I do um, a workshop, training, whatever it might be, I always have an intake session with the leaders. And I know that, and I, and I let them know if, and I, I usually require that at least a portion of the leadership team is in the session, because if they're not there, you're not going to have that connectivity. They don't see what they're being delivered. It's going to be harder to pull it through. They, a lot of times leaders think I'm just going to bring somebody in, pump up my team and be done. Mm-hmm. It's not where it ends. And I wish I could say that that's, that's all it takes. It, it'll take effort from you too. I can bring that energy and I can share the skill. However, if you don't pull it through, you're not going to get the sweet results you're looking for. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's taking that, recognizing it, practicing it, 
living it yourself. Cause I do talk about in here, uh, in the book about, um, uh, as yes leaders, we have to say yes to our associates. Mm-hmm. You know, they walk in your office and say, I'd like to not work weekends anymore. And a lot of people are just like, get the hell out of my office. What are you talking about? <laughs> right. So we have to make sure we're practicing it on our associates as well. Now, so when I do that intake session, I talk about all of that, what the pull through is going to look like. I, I provide resources like the yes scenario cards I was talking about. I, I talk about where, where you can implement these and, and things like that. Then I uh, talk about an incentive. I ask the team, would you like to create a recognition incentive going forward? Because again, each team I talk to is different on the, the capability of upkeep and operational um, ability to keep it rolling. So I have different levels of intensity on depending on the leader you are, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Okay. I mean, mine were like super crazy, but you know, I had this massive high energy to be able to endure the, um, the maintenance of that program. So, uh, I will, I'll share tools and tips and, and, uh, SOP and materials that you need to help pull it through, but just in basic, uh, a simple, um, Incentive program could be start off with just a recognition program. I'll tell you what I'm doing right now with um, two of my properties in Arizona that I just did the uh, workshop with them. And what we're doing is we did the whole wise pineapple theme and the wise pineapple workshop. And then another property that I'm working with, their whole thing is yes. So we just geared it towards yes. So whatever it is you want to gear it towards. Now, what I did is I create a recognition card and it's just like you've seen probably hundreds of different times, but now it's themed different. There's different meaning behind it. When you see someone on your team being a wise pineapple, being confident, empowered, or leading from the heart, recognize them. And then there's this, you know, board that we'll create and we'll have this area to recognize and to continue living that culture. Now, if you want to turn it into an incentive, and again, because of where our hotels are right now, there's there's limited operational availability and there's limited financial availability. So here's what one of my hotels in Arizona is doing. They're doing the recognition piece and they're turning it into an incentive. It's going to, the recognition piece is taking them through to Associate Appreciation Week, which is in May. And each time you're recognized, you're going into a drawing for a 55-inch square, uh, 55-inch square foot um, flat screen tel- television. Oh wow! Okay. Right. Yep. So they they invested I think three hundred dollars into this big TV, mm-hmm. and now it's running the whole wave, which the wave in Marriott's terms is January through June, and and now that's going to um, incentivize people throughout the whole time to keep recognizing this good behavior, et cetera. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect so, sense. So very simple, almost self-run. They've got the TV on display. They've got, you know, the, the little tickets to show everybody's been nominated. They're going to draw a ticket at, during Associate Appreciation Week. And they've done the, all of that with $300. Right. So, you know, so that was um, really good. Yeah. And all the way along, reinforcing the, the behavior that you want to see in the property with the hope that that makes it you know, they're not just doing it. At some point, you create a habit yes. within, you know, your associates and, and it it permeates the service culture in the property mm-hmm. so that they're not doing it to get a 55-inch TV. Mm-hmm. They're doing it because that's how we do things in this hotel. Yes, exactly. And 
let me just say this too. <laughs> let, let me just say this, that when you show up, when we're, when we're coming to a workplace that is not proactive, that has not figured out their hard nose, that has not figured out their friction points for guests, what you as associates are doing are you're showing up every day to react to everything that happens to you. And people who show up every day to react hate their jobs. Mm -hmm. They're miserable. When you can get ahead of things and be proactive and understand the friction points and understand the nose and come up with the answers in advance, you're always standing tall delivering yes answers. You never have to be this. Oh, I'm sorry. Unfortunately, I know it sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, you're always in that standing tall position. And people that come into proactive work environments love their jobs. They do. You know, the, I, I think back to some of the properties that I worked in, both as, uh, as a line level employee and then as a manager. And the ones that had the strongest service culture, it didn't come from top down. It, came, it actually came from the bottom up. There were, there's in every department, in every hotel, there's always a de facto leader who isn't the manager. There's always like the one or two employees that are the, the, the people that sort of behind the scenes guide what's going on. And, and sometimes that's a bad thing, but a lot of times, if you can turn that into being a, you know, a good thing and a benefit for you, especially as a manager, where you can get those people on board, you can get them to be the ones to sort of drive this when you're not around to buy into it you're going to get a lot more traction, right? You're going to get a lot more longevity in, yeah. in the messaging and what you're trying to, to accomplish. So there's, there's a lot of strategy here too, which I, we could probably do an entire other show about. I know, I know. It's funny when you say that, it just reminds me of one particular associate. And this particular associate was one of those influential leaders. People listen to her. She, you know, if she was negative about a new um, uh, initiative, then, th- you know, that's what mm-hmm. the whole group kind of thought. So know those people. Who are your influential leaders in your property? Now, if you just launch this without them, they are a critical part of your team. And also in their minds, they are. So if you include them, hey, this is what's coming on the van. You're really good at this. I'm going to need your help to help launch this. If you get them on your side first and include them and let them know we are not going to be able to do this without you, they're going to be your cheerleader for any mm-hmm. new initiative. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and honestly, like it seriously works every time. Yeah. It honestly works every time. Yeah. It might take a lot of effort. It could be a heavy lift, but mm-hmm. if you can get there it'll work. There's no doubt. I even had this associate, uh, if I was hiring a new person, interview them as well. Just, you know, give them five, 10 minutes, you know, and then I'd say, what did you think? Mm, Smart. Yes. Because then if I brought them on, they didn't, they'd be like, oh, the new girl or oh, the new person. They don't know. But because she interviewed them and gave her seal. That's right. Now she was like, oh, got to welcome the new person, everybody. That's exactly right. That's exactly, yeah, it's, yeah, for sure. That, I love that example. Yeah I, yeah, I started doing that actually, funny enough, uh, pretty late in my career, uh, and, but, it, it, but it worked. Yes. It, and you know, actually, and sometimes it would actually, uh, it would work the other way too. Like if we were, if we 
collectively, if it was sort of a panel style or not panel, but like, you know, if they were had multiple interviews with multiple people through the process. And if everybody sort of agreed, this might be the right person to bring on board. And we actually even did this with leaders, new leaders coming on where we had the colleagues interview them as well mm-hmm. to just get a sense of what they were like and kind of what the vibe was. Right. Every now and then the associate would alert us to a red flag that was missed through the leadership interview process because we're looking for different things. So, right, this this yes. is uh, this is a really and good strategy. And they'll open up more with the associate. Yes, that's right. They'll, they'll feel more comfortable. That's right. Yeah, they'll think that they're not a decision maker, that this is probably just a whatever, you know, a part of the process, but it doesn't mean anything. Uh, yeah, it's there's a, this is a really good practice to get into. Yes. Um, and what I, where I found that the most is we would often have um, associates come shadow. We'd schedule them for a shadow time and they didn't have to do any work. We just wanted them to observe what the job was and make sure that they knew what they were you know, applying for, especially when we hired for bistro. People were like, what's a bistro? <laughs> you know? um, so when they would shadow, they'd get a little friendly with the associates then and a lot would come out then. And a lot would come out. Yeah, exactly. Um, Christine, before we wrap the show here, uh, I want to dive into just a little bit about what your Wise Pineapple program is all about. Sure. Uh, what are you, what are you training when you're on site? What are some of the benefits that hotels might get if they were to reach out to you for this program? Well, there's so many ways I can support different companies, hotels, uh, management teams. Uh, and if anybody wanted to schedule a complimentary intake call, I can take you through that presentation. But in a nutshell, I, again, have, want to help you to have sweet hospitality, sweet results, and sweet cultures. And I can help you in any operational role in the hotel, from engineering to your culture, onboarding, customer service, all of that. And it just it depends on what your needs are. Now, some of the things that I do the most are keynote speaking and uh, on-property training. So I'll come in, I'll do a big workshop and we'll get, we'll get everybody pumped up. And again, I'll set that leadership team to pull it through and to keep that culture alive. Um, additionally, what I focus on one of the most is I'll go into hotels, especially if a um, a portfolio has some red zone properties or struggling properties. Mm-hmm. I'll go in, I'll do a GSS deep dive. I'll visit each of their operational departments and we'll go through all of that. There's so much enlightenment. Mm-hmm. One of these one day or half day visits is, is immeasurable in the value that it brings. And I, I promise you that. And, and then, and then what we do is we identify the top five things that we're going to work on and they create an action plan from that. And then I stay with the hotel till we're at our goal. That's amazing. That's perfect. If people want to learn more about it or get in touch with you, what's a good place for them to go? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, all of those good ones. And my website is thewisepineapple.com. Okay, great. I'll link to everything in the show notes. If they want to get in touch with you, just scroll down. You'll find it all there. Christine, this was a really great conversation. Thanks for being on the show. Uh, And thanks for uh, enlightening everybody. Oh, before we go, the book. Where can people get the book? Oh, perfect. You can, Amazon's your best place to go get that. It's uh, Yes is the Answer. Again, it's on Amazon. If you reach out to me personally, I'd be happy to send you a a signed copy. I always love doing that for people. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Perfect. I'll link to the book in the show notes too, so everybody can find it there. Anyway, Christine, this was great. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Adam. You're awesome. This was my episode with Christine Trippy. You can find her on LinkedIn or at thewisepineapple.com. I'll link to both in the show notes. 
You can see the full interview on YouTube. Just search The Proven Principles Podcast. And if you want to learn more about the show, just head over to our website, theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. Finally, if you need help revamping a business strategy or just need someone to talk to about a tough problem in your hotel or restaurant, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can book a free call with me by going to knowinghospitality.com slash contact. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. For past episodes, show notes, or if you've got a story that might make a great episode, head on over to theprovenprinciplespodcast.com. We'd love to hear from you. You can subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, even on YouTube. And if you haven't already, don't forget to leave us a rating and a review. Thanks for listening to The Proven Principles Podcast.